Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. everyone it's brian this is behind the scenes with brian and today i've got my longtime friend and associate matt fuller with me hey matt how are you today good brian thanks for having me yeah absolutely so we're recording this during the stay home uh, quarantine and I'm, i'm guessing that you're quarantining in place i am yes i am yeah i'm at home uh Get into the office once or twice a week, but um, like everyone else in the world, working out of my home office. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a different experience. I, I actually had to buy a new computer a couple of weeks ago. The thing that I'd been lugging around for my personal use, I call it a, a CSO, computer-shaped object, and I just wasn't able to keep up with real life. So I'm, I've got a new computer now for my little home office. Nice. So Matt, Matt, I, th- I thought we'd just talk a little bit about your background and maybe what led you to uh, the college of your choice and the degree or, or department of your choice. How did you, how did you get there? Now well, that's an interesting question, Brian, because you know I don't think any of us, when we're 18, 19, 20 years old, really know where we're going to end up, even even if we have uh, have some ambitions in place, I don't know that they always turn out that way. I, uh, you didn't know you're gonna go into mine waste management when you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I was living in the, on the East Coast. I had, actually, my father had moved around a lot when I was growing up and I was, uh, we moved to Connecticut when I was a senior in high school and um, After that, I went to university in Connecticut for a couple of years, kind of lost and wandering. I think I was an art major. Um, And I just, uh, I was out camping uh, by myself one weekend and kind of soul searching and what have you. And I realized, you know, what I really enjoyed more than anything else was being outdoors and and landforms and climbing on rocks and that kind of thing. And uh, I think that's when I kind of had this epiphany that uh, I needed to get out of, get away from the East Coast. And um, that's how I ended up at Colorado State. I had never been to the, to Colorado before, all the places I'd lived. Um, and when I read that they had 340 days of sunshine in the Rocky Mountains, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of did it, so I ended up at Colorado State as a geology major. Oh, okay, okay, interesting. And uh, let's see how 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 did you find the program there at CSU? It's pretty intensive. It was, it was and back then, um, which was so long ago, I don't want to admit, but uh, it was a very uh, you know very science focused. Geologic fo- geologically focused um, program. It's changed a lot now with what they call environmental geology. So they've gotten away from the, you know, the classic um, 
disciplines of of the geologic um, education, if you will. Uh, it was, but it was it was really good times. There were some great professors there, Tommy Thompson and uh, Frank Etheridge, and you know many of the others. Um, so it was it was very interesting, and I. I focused on, uh, I took some graduate coursework there in engineering geology, um, and uh, that's kind of the way my career ended up progressing was down yeah. that line. Yeah, the geology field trips were always the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. summer camp or field camp, uh, the summer of 81 or two, whenever that was, was, uh, was quite a blast. Yeah. Yeah, I went on a shortened version of that as a geotechnical engineering field camp class, which was only a couple of weeks compared to the six weeks geology class, but it was by far the, the most practical class I ever took in undergrad. Yeah, no doubt. The application of the real world with the, with yeah. the academics is... Yeah, and, and believe it or not, we drilled into a historic tailings facility during that class. I'll be darned. Knowingly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, we were actually sampling it so that the professor could do some assays on it and see what the mineral um, content still remained in there. Sure. It was, it was interesting because it was inactive for about 100 years, and we are just using hand augers, and it was pretty darn wet even 100 feet down you know it's oh, there you go yeah at, at the drain down moisture content probably but that uh, when you've got those fine grains and some colloidal properties you can get some pretty high drain down moisture contents sure, sure. So, so what direction did you take after college you know i uh in the early 80s and I was hired by Amico Minerals. I actually worked for them a summer while I was in, in university. Yep. And uh, as an exploration, you know, I wasn't even a geologist yet, so an exploration grunt. Um, I spent that summer up in uh, Oregon um, mm. just doing soil geochem sampling and drill logging, core you know, hauling core from the drill rigs, uh, some geophysical surveys, all that, all that good field grunt work. Yeah. And it, it was fortunate that I did because when I graduated a class of 106, there was only about four of us that had a job. And I was fortunate to have one because Amico hired me back having worked with them for mm -hmm. that summer. Mm -hmm. So I spent, uh, First couple years um, as an exploration geologist with Amico Minerals in the Four Corners region. Uh, lived in, got to live in Uray, Colorado. For oh, what a, a treat. Yeah, it was a treat. Um, dr drilled a bunch of exploration holes up on top of Red Mountain hmm. on, uh, on the million dollar highway there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and while I was living there in Uray, they began building the um, Ridgeway Dam, the oh, reservoir, yeah. water reservoir yeah. in Ridgeway. Yeah. And there was a company there, Hayward Baker, was doing the uh, foundation and abutment grouting for the construction of that dam. And the guys that, for 
Hayward Baker were living in the same complex that I was living in. And I got to meet them. And that winter, this is the winter of like 83 or four. Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, mining just absolutely tanked. Yeah, right. And uh, I got laid off. I I went up to Steamboat Springs and was ski bumming. And um, that next spring, I got a call from my mother who had gotten a call from this guy from Hayward Baker, who, you know, I had known from the year before. Yeah. We're looking to hire somebody. And uh, they called me up and, you know, I had the opportunity to move back to Uray for another another year and I jumped on it. (laughs) That's that's an excellent place for a geologist because you can walk up any stream there and just find some amazing samples anywhere you go. Exactly. Um, But that's how I got into the world of dams. Mm-hmm. And uh, several years later, um, I was back in Colorado and had gotten married and you know needed a, needed a job and um, I got hired by a local engineering company uh, because they specialized in dams and they um, they hired me for my dam experience and it turned out they also did some work on tailings dams. So I volunteered for my first tailings dam assignment in Central America in the late 80s and uh, just kind of fell in love with it and you know here we are 30 years later and I've been working on tailings dams ever since. Yeah it doesn't sound too exciting to people who are not into mine waste management but it has some amazing aspects of geology and engineering involved in it and almost every aspect of geotechnical engineering. Exactly it really does and it's really complex interactions yeah i uh in a presentation i gave last year i um i just described tailings dams as a man-made geologic formation oh interesting yeah you know because they're all built out of rock and soil and tailings and yeah you know and they're and they're subject to the same um, principles as as a geologic formation in terms of their behavior with the earth. Yeah, <laughs> makes you wonder. Five thousand years from now, they'll be like the Great Pyramids. People will be like, "What are these things anyway?" Well, hopefully they are, and they're not uh, all down the valley, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> So then what, what came after that? Well, I, you know, we're 30 years later. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I stayed, I just, uh, spent my whole career, um, working in tailings, mm. mostly in central and South America. Um, and then got experience, you know, on actually all the continents by, by now. Um, I was, you know, I started with Hydro Triad was the name of the company that oh, hired yeah. me initially. Yeah, yeah. And they they dissolved. Old Ron Holly was a was a prominent dam engineer in the Colorado area at the time, but mm-hmm. packed away and mm. um, ended up spending a couple of years with SRK and then formed a company um, 
Hector Colorado. Um, we were acquired by a large public company. And then uh, after doing my sentence with them, I started Tierra Group about eight and a half years ago. Partner Pete Kobaleski. Yeah. Yeah, that was a brave step. You know, it, it was. And at the, the timing, too, that was in 2012. Um, there was a lot of unknowns and uncertainty and risk, but... Um, yeah, we weren't too far away from the global financial collapse at that point. Exactly. Exactly. And I got to hand it to the um, to our industry because... They were very receptive to Tierra Group. They were very generous, very supportive. Um, I know your former employer was was very supportive of us. Yeah, yeah. Of our, you know, um, ambitions, and I couldn't just I couldn't be more grateful to the industry because they, without them, we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah, that's terrific, and I know you've. Uh spread far and wide I, I came across one of your crews in the southern end of peru a couple of years ago they said oh yeah those guys are from tierra group really <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you've had some amazing growth over the years thank you yeah yeah, yeah. so what what do you find yourself doing uh, kind of on a day-to-day basis with tierra group well, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> when you're the founder of the company, your, your duties spread far and wide. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, it's, it's just trying to um, sustain our, our business through this COVID-19, which uh, we seem to be doing fairly well at. Again, got to thank our clients because they provided us with a good backlog and we're seem to be working through these these strange times fairly well but um but i like the technical side brian and um you know uh spend a fair bit of time doing you know i sit on a few independent tailings review boards um i do a fair bit of third-party audits um and and still stay in touch with the tailings dams that we're designing and and or doing a lot of operations support for um, at a little bit higher level but uh, enough to um, you know mentor and provide guidance for uh, for the crew that's tier groups crew that's you know doing the actual number crunching and design work yeah let's talk about that a little bit more i've done some review work as well and I think post Mount Pauly, the the review team for that really emphasized the the need and the worth of uh, different types of reviews, independent reviews, third party, and and review boards, which usually consist of some a lot of times are university professors, um, but they're usually people with far more than 15 years of experience let's say and probably more like 20 to 30 or 40 or 50 depends if you know the guy like Norty Morgenstern and Mary, Mary Matt, Fred Maddich, uh, you know they were in the game for 
many decades. So how do you suppose our clients go about selecting individuals uh, to participate in this kind of thing? If you were a client, what would you look for? That's, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, that is a better way to put it because far be it for me to uh, try and figure out how a client thinks, but um, I think it's important that your, it, it, let's, let's speak to a board first. Um, typically they're, at least the ones I've been involved with um, from both the reviewer and the reviewee side, typically they're like uh, three people two or maybe three people. Um, and I think it's important that those individual experts have diversity in their, uh, in their knowledge base. Um, if you have, you know, three PhD geotechnical engineering professors, yeah. um, you know, you're, you're going to get a pretty narrowly focused, um, they will have a fairly narrow focus in, in their review. So I think it's important to have diversity um, in both disciplines and experience. Yeah, that sounds good to me. And that's kind of what I typically see. There's usually somebody on the hydro side, usually a groundwater person, and there's usually a geotechnical engineer and yeah, and then a, a third, but yeah, like you say, they they can't all they shouldn't all be university professors. Although right. some, I know the Brumadino um, review board. I think it was all university professors. And and that you know that's not to say that university professors aren't um, you know capable. Yeah, and I think my point was more that they are diversified, diversified in their discipline. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you can cover off the different bases, right? The yeah, chemistry side, the the geotechnical side, the um, geologic hazard side. I think that's real important. I, I think that's mm -hmm. one of the things that being an engineering geologist. I think that's one of the what I've noticed in the I guess three boards that I sit on. Um, is that I bring I bring the geologic side to the engineering, mm -hmm. and I think that gets or my observation has been that that piece of it gets overlooked, yeah, or can get overlooked. Um, the, the geologic hazards um, associated with facilities, um, the uh, the the you know, the geologic origin and how that might apply to the design and things like that. Um, I know that's been very helpful in the boards that I sit on. Yeah, I suppose you do see things that other people are just not looking for. Yeah, and, and it, it just has a lot to do with, with experience and discipline, right? We, um, I worked on a tailings dam uh, in Central America that experienced, uh, uh, after three years of construction and we're just commissioning the tailings facility, 
and it had just been in operation for a few weeks and there was a, a big debris flow formed in the in the basin above it and came down and uh, destroyed the, the liner and, hmm. and yeah uh, right at the beginning of the rainy season and um, that was that was one of those career experiences for me because for one um, it opened everybody's eyes to the importance of geologic hazards and how they can impact something um, there was a technical review panel brought in to review our design and our work we were the design engineers for the for the facility um, so there was uh, you know there were senior people from uh, from Golder from AMAC and uh, another company I can't remember the name of it Canadian outfit um, and that was a real learning experience for me mm-hmm. um, to go through that yeah. type of scrutiny, you know, that type yeah. of expert scrutiny early in my career. Yeah. Hmm. Was, that was long before Mount Polly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, but for example, I guess the reason I was telling that story, Brian, is that, you know, fast forward 20 years and I'm sitting on a, a review panel now and we're looking at a, a design, a tailings dam design, and it's in a high alpine setting, and there's avalanche chutes and steep ravines, and mm-hmm. full of uh, old uh, small debris flows and landslides and mm-hmm. avalanche mm-hmm. tracks, and mm-hmm. um, you know that's what that's what kind of what I brought up in the review is like, well, have you guys thought about that? And sure enough, they hadn't. Really, the designers just huh. had not even not even considered it in, hmm. in their design. Hmm. Oh. Very strange. Yeah, no, it's uh, a lot. A lot of times, we're too close to the forest to see the trees. Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. And yeah. in a lot of these uh, settings, that's uh, truer than. I mean, it's truly that. Right, you can't see yeah. the forest through the trees, and you're you're in the forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you have another anecdote that you could share with us about the review board or third party review? You know, when I was the first one of the first tailing storage facilities that I ever worked on, um, we were going along, and this was back in the early 90s this was a zinc mine and i think zinc at the time was about 28 cents a pound and uh of course this was you know almost 30 years ago so this was back when you know tailings were pretty much just considered a uh, you know kind of you know i refer to it brian as the the toilet of the of the mine, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that you use every day, you know, yeah. and as long as you get up and, and flush it and it works, you, you forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not until it backs up that it gets anybody's attention, right? Right. And this was back, you know, decade or two before Mount Polly, and that was the attitude. Yeah. It was seven, eight kilometers from the mill. Um, and it just didn't get the attention. And when you're, you know, a 
a marginal operation. Uh, it just doesn't get the attention or the money or what have you. Anyway, we um, we were the designers, and, and there was a couple of tailings at this particular mine, and they decided, um, you know, kind of ahead of their time, to have an independent review done of all the tailings facilities within the company. Huh. So, and I was, you know, I was quite young. And I was nervous as hell. I get this call and, you know, we got this expert coming down and he's going to review them and you need to, you know, they asked me to prepare a sort of a brief report on what we knew and what we'd done and what situation status was and what have you. I did that. And then uh, the reviewer showed up and it was Brian Watts. I'm sure you know. Yeah. In fact, he's he's now taken over the review, the the Nordy and Fred review role for Barrick. Right. Yeah, I'm going to be seeing him whenever the the uh, virus gets diminished. Yeah. Good. Well, it was it was quite a learning experience for me because he showed up and I was nervous and I was taking him around. I was explaining everything to him, and and um, I was young. I'd never been through this kind of thing before. And at one point, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, "He he said, Matt. He says, I just want you to know that typically when guys like me do reviews like this, guys like you." end up getting a lot of work out of it. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> and, yeah, it was. And um, learned then the importance of the independent review and the third-party mm. review. And, mm. and I learned a re- the most valuable lesson I learned from that was very early on to... Um, advocate for the process advocate for the reviewee if you're the reviewer yeah and if you're the reviewee advocate for the reviewer and embrace the opportunity to capture the the new knowledge that another set of eyes might bring to it mm-hmm. and i think it's real important to build that trust real early um, to you know to, to, to get the most out of a review yeah that's uh, that, that's really good advice I've been involved in a couple of review processes where I was on the review team and the designers were pretty combative against our general conversation to the point where they just bring in more and more experts to fight against us, um, you know, just just as some kind of a point of principle rather than saying, "Oh, let's listen to you guys and see what you have to say." Yeah, I'm in. I'm involved in one of those right now myself, and yeah. it's and it's not much fun. It doesn't bring much value to the to the uh, client. No, it, it can become very counterproductive. Yeah. But, um, you know, I recall several years ago, Brian, you doing a review of one of Tierra Group's 
tailing storage facility designs. Right. In uh, down in Central America. Yep. And um, and we engaged that, embraced that, and I think we worked pretty well together with you and provided everything that you you needed. And I think it added a lot of value for the for the client. Yeah, sometimes just an, a fresh pair of eyes can see something that uh, has been overlooked. But you guys are uh, a great company and you do a lot of great work. So I didn't expect to see anything glaring going on there. And, and I didn't. Well, thank you. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, and that's that's important thing to recognize, too, with the whole process is that, you know, uh, most of our peers in the industry are reputable firms. They certainly don't um, intentionally cut corners to um, for any reason. No, and, I, yeah, no, I agree. I don't. I don't think anybody tries to do a bad job. But some of the companies don't know what a good job is. And I'm. I'm, not, I'm not talking about the global competitors. I'm talking about more of the local. Um, small mom and pop shops that you find in some of the third world countries. And that's, and that's a, um, that's what I've seen in Brazil, you know, yeah, kind of a lot of that. Um, or, you know, mining companies that are building their tailings dams themselves. Yeah. The self forming. Yeah. Performing. Yeah. There can be a lot of risk there. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and you know, quite often in those types of reviews, um, you're not dealing with a professional peer, right? Right. So they don't right. even understand. They don't even understand what you might be telling them. <laughs> yeah. That actually reminds me of a tailings facility I worked on in. Uh, Nicaragua, where the first job was just to do a review of the existing design. And the, the thing that was presented as a slope stability analysis showed a factor of safety of something like 30 or 40. And the slope was steeper than a one-to-one. -one. It was so steep that they had to plant grass on it to keep everything in place. And what, what they had done was to do a, a factor of safety against toppling not not as a a uh, earth slide like like we would normally do so sure no, normally an earthen dam is not going to topple <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we've uh just this week we haven't started working on it yet but we provided a proposal for an insurance company in mexico has asked for it dam safety review, if you will, yeah, for this project, uh, this tailings dam at a phosphate mine huh. in Mexico. Uh -huh. And um, and they said, we'll provide you, um, you know, the engineering documentation so you can have a quick look at it before you pro provide us a proposal or scope of work. And we got it and um, there was a quote, geotechnical investigation done for the tailings dam in, I think it's 1986. Mm -hmm. okay? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, 
and uh, you know they dug some test pits, they did some borings, they, they did a little bit of lab testing, and um, and then there was some plan layouts for a tailing storage facility. We said, okay, well this is good. Um, do you have any contemporary geotechnical information or reports, yeah. Yeah. inspections or? No, 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 that's what we got. <laughs> and that's all they have. <laughs> you know, this is from 1986. Yeah, you know? right. Three borings and uh, half a dozen test pits. And, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So. Yeah, we, well, I imagine we could go on uh, for hours here, Matt, exchanging stories, but we probably should start to wrap it up now. Um, did, did you have any any pearls of wisdom to leave with us? Well, I I I, th- I mean, we kind of focused our chat here on third party reviews and that sort of thing, and I would just uh, encourage them, you know, encourage the industry yeah. to do them, encourage um, companies to engage the process, yeah, and work together with their reviewers, and. Um, we'll have a safer world if if we do yeah no that's that's great and matt could you tell the listeners um the company web address if they wanted to find you oh sure happy to brian thank you it's uh, www.tierragroupinternational.com just like it sounds yeah um, yeah and if if they wanted to get a hold of you personally what's your email address sure that would be m fuller at tierragroupintl.com. Okay, terrific. And I will put that in the show notes so that people don't have to write that down. Good thing. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, I appreciate your time and the wisdom and, and the stories that you shared with us. My pleasure. My pleasure, Brian. I, uh, I've enjoyed it too. Yeah, all right. Thanks again and uh, stay safe and stay healthy. Likewise, that goes out to everyone. Thanks, Matt. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rocking.